Welcome to the Halloween Unleashed Podcast. And now, here are your hosts for the week. Welcome everyone to Halloween Unleashed. I am your host, Chris Morgan, and this week we are going to start off the summer of Halloween Kills countdown till October 22nd, 2021, and it's going to be uh, pretty exciting over the next several months. Uh, It's going to be one of those situations where if you continue to look for things, you're probably going to be spoiled. Uh, I gave my opinion on the trailer last week, and I still stand by that 110%. Um, But uh, this week, we're going to start breaking down individual characters that are returning, and that had an important role in John Carpenter's Halloween, and we're going to talk about how they played out throughout the rest of the franchise. And um, as I mentioned on one of the live shows, and if you missed that or you missed the post in the Halloween Unleashed group, I just want to let you guys know that after October, after the kills um, dies down and we usually go away for our off-season, At the conclusion of Season 3, this will no longer be a weekly podcast. This will come out once a month, once every few weeks, or whenever we have news. So it'll be Season 4, technically, if you want to call it that, will be a lot more sporadic. I mean, we have another film to cover, and of course we're going to keep the channel open, we're going to keep the podcasts up. We're going to keep putting out content, just not as frequent as we have been over the last three years. There's a lot more things going on, and we want to be able to also um, extend the um, the Halloverse, as uh, some people have called it. And, you know, there's only 11, 12 films in, in the franchise. You're going to run out of material at some point, uh, which is why we try to include a lot of the independent mass stuff out there. Um, we may continue or continue. We may introduce some fan film type stuff here eventually. Maybe try to get some of the writer directors on here to talk about that. That may be a, a possibility. But I uh, just wanted to let you guys know that after season three wraps, um, it will become a very sporadic podcast and only when really like when news or special events happen. So. Um, take all this in while you can merchandise for Halloween unleashed and for WMP is over at our store. Every dollar goes to help, um, which I'll talk more about this here in the coming weeks, but, um, I'll just make a brief mention. Um, last year when Marion Hagen came on for her 
a six-part series. And then when she came back in June to do the live Q&A with the audience, um, we, we announced that we're going to be doing uh, a film together. And then, you know, COVID happened, all that stuff, and it kind of delayed everything. Well, talks have resumed, and we're looking at, um, it's, you know, Halloween, the final curse of Michael Myers is what we're um, calling it. It was going to be the curse of Halloween, but I'm kind of like, how I kind of like Halloween, the final curse of Michael Myers. It kind of ties in with the curse of Michael Myers. Um, but we're going to... We're going to shoot a trailer with her to officially kick this thing off. So right now we're trying to get funds for the trailer to do the trailer. So there's a shirt over there that is the Halloween, the final curse of Michael Myers. There's a t-shirt over there that you can pick up and every dollar goes to fund that project. So we get the trailer in, in the, in the can and we bring uh, Kara Strode back to the screen so that everybody can see that this is a this is a real thing that we're pushing to do. Go buy yourself a shirt, support it, and then um, we will be kicking off right after that an official marketing campaign to get the funds to do the feature film. Now, the feature film, what's it about? It ties in. Uh, H6 to H2O and Resurrection. So it completely concludes that storyline, which a lot of people have wanted the series to connect those those films for quite some time. And this film will be shot very professionally and uh, be shot with a budget. Uh, nobody's making a, a dime off of it other than um, just to get the get the funds to get the to get the equipment needed, to get the actors needed, to pay for, um, you know, the locations and the people that are going to work on it. I mean, they can't work on it for free, but uh, the people that are going to work on it, like the editors and the special effects people, those people need to get paid and they expect to get paid and we want them to get paid. So every dollar that is uh, that is spent on a t-shirt currently over on HalloweenUnleashedPodcast.com or go to WMPGear.com. That's a much easier one to spell out. WMPGear.com. Go right into the apparel section. Go to t-shirts, unisex t-shirts, and check out the t-shirts. Every t-shirt that is in there goes to fund this trailer. So if you have wanted an excuse to... Pick up a shirt, but you've not known why you need to pick up a shirt or a piece of merchandise or anything like that for Halloween Unleashed or for WMP. This is a big damn deal. We have an opportunity to bring Marianne Hagen back to the series and do a fan film and do justice that the studios ruined for us, the fans. So um, I've been told by many people that this script is probably one of the best scripts in the entire series. It uh, picks up the tone and the, um, the obviously the feel from H6, but it is very much in line of the way the story was told in the first two. So I will take that as extremely high praise. So if you like the, the kind of layout, the way the stories were told in the first two films, and love the tone in part six, which is what I do. 
um, and you like some of the characters, wanted to see where they went, well, you, you have your opportunity to find out. You know, we even tie up the John Strode storyline. We even tie up, you know, what what became of uh, Baby Steven and uh, what became of, you know, Danny and Kara and everybody. You know, we, we bring them we bring them all back. We even find out what happened to Tommy and uh, why he and Kara are no longer together. So um, and of course, Michael's really pissed off in this one. So a lot of suspense, a lot of cool kills. And it will technically, if there was a Halloween nine, this would have been the final film, but it's going to be a fan film. It's nothing official. So don't go start putting out there. Oh, this is an official. No, it's not official. Nothing official. We have nothing to do with the copyrights or don't claim any of that. We just, we are fans and we want to make this for the fans. And, and we want Marianne's character. We want Marianne's character to have the proper, conclusion that she should have gotten in part six and the respect it should have gotten in part six because without her and Paul and obviously Donald Pleasance, that film would have sucked a dry tit um, from a storytelling perspective. They made that story work and they did it under some of the worst circumstances that I've ever heard from Dan Farrens himself even. So Go ahead, support this film, support this endeavor. But uh, how about that? You're getting two podcasts this week, and we're going to try and keep it rolling all the way until October 22nd. So this week we're going to start with our favorite sheriff, Lee Brackett. And we met him in uh, Halloween 1978. Lee Brackett is a supporting character in the Halloween franchise, and he's played by Charles Cyphers. His history is complicated in the fact that the series follows several conflicting continuities, which is one of the problems with the Halloween series in the first place. You have 1, 2, 4, 5, and 6. Then you have 1 and 2 in H2O and Resurrection. Then you have Halloween 3. Then you have RZ1, RZ2. Then you have H1. Halloween 2018 and kills and uh, ends. So you have this complicated continuity. But uh, Lee Brackett, we're going to start. Um, we're going to start with the with the franchise going from one to H two O and Resurrection. Is he's in the first two. He's ignored in Halloween H two O twenty years later and in Resurrection. Uh, because they ignore the events of H4, 5, and 6. You know, um, originally the uh, the timeline was going to continue on from 6, and then they split off when Jamie Lee Curtis came back. I've covered that on a different podcast. But, um, you know, he was in the first film and Halloween 2, 1981. In the 2007 remake um, of the reboots, it it reboots all of the continuity, and he was back as the sheriff, played by um, Brad Dorif, who was uh, Chucky in Child's Play. And um, so we got two different actors playing the character of Lee Brackett. But uh, let's just go through his uh, biography a little bit. His backstory, as written up in uh, the Halloween movie fandom, 
is he was born in Columbus, Ohio, became the sheriff of the small town of uh, the fictional Haddonfield, Illinois. Um, at some point, he married and had a daughter named Annie. We don't know much about his, um, his wife. We know that he had one, though. Um, on October 31st, 1978, Sheriff Brackett responded to a call about a break-in at Nichols Hardware Store. That's where he, uh, Michael Myers famously took a um, couple ropes, Halloween masks, and some knives. So um, he was accompanied by his deputies. He, de he determined that only a few items had been stolen, as I just mentioned. Um, he soon learned the identity of the perpetrator, which uh, when he met Warren County psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Sam Loomis, Loomis told Brackett that evil had come to his little town in the form of an escaped mental patient named Michael Myers. Brackett took Loomis's warning with a fair measure. There was little action that he could take at the time. Sam advised keeping a lookout for Michael Myers, and the two agreed to conduct a stakeout at the old abandoned Myers house. Uh, Brackett was... was uh, Pretty decent towards Myers or Myers, towards Loomis coming in and just spouting off all these uh, stories, but he took it uh, with a grain of salt. Listened to him. He didn't cut him off. Didn't tell him he was crazy, but uh, did tell him that you know I have a feeling that you're way off about this. And Loomis says, you know, then you have the wrong feeling. So they had a very interesting relationship. Like uh, even though that they were perfect strangers to each other in the first film and more so in the second. Um, he was still very, very aware that Loomis was scared to death about what is going on. He knew the story about what happened in the old Myers house, which is probably why he took Loomis's um, warnings under consideration. You know, so by the time darkness came on that fateful night, Sheriff Brackett um, had uh, had nothing occurred to give Brackett any further cause for alarm, but Loomis continued and insisted that his men and he should conduct an, an intensive citywide search for Myers. He recounted how Myers had stolen the headstone of his late sister Judith, but Sheriff Brackett dismissed his concerns at that point, citing it, it was no more than a Halloween prank. Um, so again, while he listened to him, he also um, was trying to think that nothing could come to his town and cause this much disruption. Uh, then Brackett, Brackett quickly discovered that Loomis's concerns were warranted for that on the same evening, Michael Myers brutally murdered the sheriff's daughter, Annie, which we find out in Halloween 2. It was his own deputy, Gary Hunt, that was introduced in Halloween 2, wasn't in the first film, who discovered Brackett's body and informed her father. Sheriff Brackett blamed Loomis for the crime, accusing him of letting Michael out, of, out in the first place, which I felt was completely unwarranted because the letting Myers go was not up to Loomis. It was up to the courts. The courts was the ones that uh, decided to place him on a minimal security, but that's neither here or there. Um, now that he was ready to take the psychiatrist seriously earlier in the evening, Brackett called in all of his resources to conduct a search for, for Michael Myers. 
He then went home to tell his wife the, about the news of their daughter, that's, which is why we find out that he is married. Um, jumping forward to the, in the timeline, um, he, what, he did not appear again in the original timeline, but um, he did appear in the storyline in uh, Halloween 4 when Loomis came back and uh, put out that he was looking for Sheriff Brackett. And now the sheriff, Ben Meeker, tells him that he moved to St. Petersburg in 1981. little callback to Halloween 2. Uh, that he moved to St. Petersburg uh, with his wife. And his position now being taken over by Ben Meeker. Here's a little trivia for you. In, 1979, in the 1979 novelization of Halloween... Sheriff Lee Brackett divulges some family history on the Myers family when he's with Dr. Sam Loomis as they're on their way to the former Myers residence on Halloween night in 1978. He tells the psychiatrist that in 1963, the sheriff of Haddonfield at that time was Sheriff Ron Barstow. Sheriff Lee Brackett went on to say that on Halloween night 1963, while he was at the Myers residence, he over heard Edith Myers saying it's come back or it's happened again. Shortly after Sheriff Ron Barstow went to the town hall and researched the Myers family history. Sheriff Ron Barstow discovered that in the 1980s the 1890s Michael and Judith's maternal great grandfather attended a, uh, a Grange dance on Halloween and shot a couple who were in attendance for se for seemingly no explicable explicable reason. Uh, the great grandfather was arrested and had been hung. How Sheriff Lee Brackett obtained this information is not explained in the novelization, but Lee Brackett is named after the writer of the same name and uh, is most popular for writing the script for The Big Sleep and The Empire Strikes Back. Um, he had a brief appearance in Halloween too, as we already dis uh, discovered. It was more, um, as far as I understood, to kind of wrap up his storyline, and because he was on doing other things, he only had like a day to film. So um, this was a a a plot device to introduce Officer Gary Hunt, and if you watch this closely, you could see if um, Charles Cyphers was available for more of the film where he had continued his role, um, how he would have basically been the Gary Hunt character. And, but it makes sense in what happened with Annie that Lee Brackett would go home, tell his wife and be with his family. You know, that just makes perfect sense. I don't think he'd be out trying to find a deranged serial killer. He'd have his next in charge do it, which was Gary Hunt. So um, I really liked the story of in Halloween 4 that he basically packed up his entire family and moved south uh, to St. Petersburg, Florida, which is ironically not too far from where I grew up. I grew up about 20 minutes from there, That's which is kind of funny. But I liked that story because um, I just don't see Lee Brackett hanging around the town after that. Um, now I will cover the Lee Brackett and the Rob Zombie story, um, on a different time, but I do want to make mention, um, I know I, I am not the, 
the biggest Rob Zombie fan and it's been put out there uh, many times. But I will say I loved the portrayal of Lee Brackett by Brad Dourif. And I loved the writing of that character because that character was a pretty well-rounded, sympathetic badass. And I liked him. Um, I, I actually, believe it or not, I liked that character and the portrayal of that character better than Charles Cyphers did it, believe it or not. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he's never mentioned again after that brief, uh, mention in Halloween four in the original timeline, but now he's coming back in Halloween kills. And once again, we know why this is a, this is a little uh, thing for the fans. It has nothing to do with logical sense or story because, you know, even if in this timeline, since Halloween 2 doesn't exist and we don't see him, in, you know, uh, move to St. Petersburg or whatever, why would he stay in that town? Why would he continue to stay in the area where his daughter got killed? That's why I loved the explanation in Halloween four that he moved away because it makes no sense for him to come to, to stay in that town for over 40 years that brought you nothing but pain. And really outside of like, if Loomis was still around, yeah, I mean, I guess he could help Loomis track Michael down, but he really has no connection to the other characters. This is just fan fodder for, for, you know, to placate to the fans which is kind of cool in its own way, but I think that we're getting too much nostalgia at this point if you're going to bring back a character that in the original timeline, um, ignoring everything after part two, and you're just going with the first film in 2018, there's really no purpose for him to be there. He was a sheriff back in 1978. His daughter was killed. He retired, moved away, and nobody ever heard from him again. Pretty you know, it kind of takes the role of the Halloween four, but, um, that is the background on Sheriff Brackett. And next week we will get into, um, nurse chambers or Marion Stevens. And, uh, we will cover that and we will talk to everyone next week on Halloween unleashed. I'm Chris Morgan. Have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to Halloween unleashed. Be sure to download, rate, and subscribe anywhere you download your podcasts. From Apple, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio. And then join our social media channels at our official Facebook page at facebook.com slash groups slash Halloween Unleashed. On Instagram at Halloween Unleashed. And on Twitter at HWeen Unleashed. Be sure to share our episodes in your horror groups on your timeline and on Instagram. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode of Halloween Unleashed.